0: The Pentagon Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program, CMMC, continues to cause contractor consternation. Now an industry group is calling on the accreditation body, the AB, behind CMMC to yank a key part of the program and start over. The head of the accreditation body says his team is listening to all of the feedback. We get the latest from Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. And this process document that has gone out about a month ago, I guess, Justin, everybody's riled up, at least among
1: the vendors. What are they saying about it? Well, it's called the CMMC assessment process, referred to as the CAP. And it's really the procedural guide for how these CMMC assessments should be conducted. So a very important document and the cyber accreditation body is responsible for producing the cap that's the group that of course accredits these third party assessment organizations that will be so central to the CMMC program the body as you said released it in July and it's received a lot of criticism on LinkedIn and in other forums about you know the length and the style overly prescriptive direction in in some areas and its lack of detail in other areas The Coalition for Government Procurement says the document will add more burden and expense to an already complex process. It wrote a letter to the AB last week stating they have serious reservations regarding the cap, urging it to be withdrawn, reconsidered and reissued in a fundamentally different form.
0: Wow. If it's getting that kind of criticism in letters and in LinkedIn, imagine what they're saying about it on Reddit. And so the Cyber AB, this accreditation board here, what was their response to this?
1: Yeah, the A.B. held its monthly town hall meeting on Tuesday evening, and Cyber A.B. Chief Executive Matthew Travis was forthright about addressing the responses and the criticism of the cap. And he really emphasized that the current document is far from its final form.
2: This is still in draft form. We very much wanted to get your feedback on. I know the the draft cap has caused a lot of activity in in, uh, message boards and other fora, which is great. The responses that we got show me that you guys are all very engaged in this, which is another good sign. You know, in all honesty, the cap will not be final until after rulemaking. We're going to continue to work this and adjudicate comments and share with you probably each month giving an update on on cap revisions and changes.
0: And maybe he forgot to put that big red rubber only a draft stamp when that first went out. And so did Travis talk about some of the specific criticisms that they're going to take in and maybe make some changes over?
1: He did. One of them was that the document is too procedural. It's a 47 page document that lays out a somewhat rigid process from the planning and preparing for an assessment phase. All the way through closing out an assessment, the Coalition for Government Procurement says the cap, when it's revised, should be more compact, expressed more simply and clearly, and avoid prescription of micro steps that these assessors do not need, in their view. Uh, another criticism is that the document doesn't match up with how the Defense Department is already doing some cybersecurity assessments. That's through its Defense Industrial Base Cybersecurity Assessment Center. So during Tuesday's meeting. Matthew Travis really said the purpose of the cap is to lay out a consistent process for third-party assessments, hence the detail. But he said the A.B. would certainly take a hard look at how it might structure the process differently in the next revision.
2: We'll certainly look to see if the current draft cap could be pared down and make it more efficient, like some of you said you believe the DIPCAC's processes are. We'll certainly look at that. Again, DIPCAC has been involved in helping us with the cap. That's our document, but we certainly appeal to to some of their expertise. And so we'll we'll continue to look to see where it's not matching enough, where it could be matching more.
0: And again, that's Matt Travis of the Cyber Accreditation Body. Now, Justin Doubleday, who we're speaking with, those issues that come down to structure and style, two different things, what were some of the issues of how this draft document describes the assessment process itself?
1: There's really a number of issues with the assessment process that bubbled up in the responses to this Cap. And a lot of this still has to be figured out by the Defense Department itself through final rulemaking. But ultimately, one of the big issues that was brought to light during the last 30 days was that a lot of companies these days use cloud services and third party managed services for IT and security. And a key question for CMMC is how the use of those services should be taken into consideration under the CMMC assessment process. The draft cap had some extensive language about how these assessors would need to go in and evaluate the services and look at things like FedRAMP and other other evaluation criteria. The Coalition for Government Procurement says that the cap shouldn't go that far. It shouldn't impose responsibilities on these assessors that are really outside of their scope. So Travis says the draft cap was not intended to cause high blood pressure to the cloud and managed service providers out there. And he says the AB took language from what DoD has already published. And he says these broader policy questions about FedRAMP reciprocity and things like that will ultimately need to be answered by DoD itself.
0: And this is a pretty big assignment then that the cyber accreditation board has, the AB has. Are there any other updates on the overall program of CMMC? A lot of moving parts there. What about the rest of it?
1: There are. and The back and forth over the the draft cap comes as voluntary assessments are actually kicking off for the first time. Uh, We just wrapped up NFL preseason. This is kind of preseason for the CMMC program. It's called the Joint Surveillance Voluntary Assessment Program, and that essentially means that c3 paos under the guise of the cyber ab and dod itself are kind of forming joint teams voluntary companies are getting assessed by these joint teams in a process that kind of looks like cmmc but can't be called cmmc for illegal and other reasons so the first joint surveillance voluntary assessment started actually last monday another one kicked off earlier this week These companies won't receive a formal CMMC certification in the next few weeks once these assessments are completed. But if and when the Pentagon gets through a formal rulemaking, they'll actually receive level two certification if they do indeed pass these assessments. So they're kind of getting ahead of the eight ball there. And at the same time, the Defense Department has actually finished writing the initial version of a draft CMMC rule that is critical to this whole program actually coming into effect. That's according to Travis.
2: Our understanding is the pens are down, that the team writing the draft rule has completed their initial work. And I think that the rules are working their way around the building. But I know that once the drafting is finished, we enter what is now called the deliberative process or the deliberative phase. And so frankly, I don't think we're going to be hearing much from from the department in the weeks and months to come. On anything that's in the rule. But I do think that that we've entered a new phase of rulemaking. That's my understanding. Uh, But that's all really that I know that uh, I'm able to share.
0: All right. So the pens are down. Mm -hmm. The daggers are still out. Justin, (laughs) are there any other organizations besides the Coalition for Federal Procurement? I can name any one of four or five groups that could be weighing in on this. Have they?
1: Yeah, we know the National Defense Industrial Association has put out comments. That's one of the groups that Travis actually highlighted and thanked for their comments and DIA, of course, a really important group within the defense uh, industry, representing the defense industry. We know that there's a number of actual C3 PAOs and groups that represent C3 PAOs that have put in some input because they will be ultimately beholden to this draft cap and the processes therein once the CMMC program becomes finalized. So Uh, Travis ultimately said they got about 50 distinct comments um, back to the Cyber AB. They're going to summarize all those comments and post them on their website uh, anonymously here within the next few weeks. And I guess continue to look at this draft cap and, as he said, revise it going forward.
0: The story that keeps giving. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. Thanks so much. No problem, Tom. Next week, we'll hear from the Coalition for Government Procurement and what its objections to the CMMC are. Meantime, check out Justin's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
1: Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. After an exemplary career as a former executive at the FBI, focused on policy and strategy, Sasha O'Connell, Ph.D., is guiding future federal leaders as the executive in residence in the School of Public Affairs at American University. Sasha joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss her exciting career, the future of the federal workforce, and the lessons she's learned along the way.
3: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Sasha O'Connell. Sasha's is an executive in residence in the Department of Justice, Law, and Criminology at the School of Public Affairs at American University, and spent the majority of her career At the FBI, and most recently as the organization's chief policy advisor, science and technology, and the section chief of office and policy for the FBI's deputy director. Sasha, welcome.
4: Jane, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure.
3: Can you give us an example of someone early in your career that motivated you and then, and, and how did, what did that look like?
4: Sure, absolutely. So it sounds almost cliche, but it was the dining room table. So I grew up um, with a stepfather who spent 30 years at the Veterans Administration at the VA, and he talked at the dinner table. He started as a social worker and then sort of rose up into management, administration, and leadership. And his stories, right, and his approach really, really impacted me. My mom, interestingly, ended up in a career in public service. She was a prosecutor. She's currently a retired state superior court judge. Um, but she had a big career change also in her 40s. She went back to law school in her 40s. So getting all of that in the mix at a young age at the dinner table really, really impacted me um, in really specific ways.
3: Yeah, that's amazing. My, my father was part of um, the generation that took... Um, President Kennedy's call to action, and he took that to heart and he went and worked at the Department of Interior and a number of other places in federal service so it's it's catching when when you're around it. You've held a number of leadership roles at the FBI, which is historically a male dominated organization. What skills or traits helped you most as you navigated that?
4: yeah it's such a it's an interesting and challenging yeah. <laughs> sort of situation and question one.